Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're actually at episode 160, so we're we're it's a, it's a good milestone. We're getting up there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Jason unfortunately could not make it this week. He might be gone for a couple weeks, going doing and doing what Jason does best. And uh, Zal actually got pulled away to go pick up a family member from the airport, except that the flight got delayed. So he might be popping in a little bit later, but for right now it's going to be just me and Bates, but we've got lots of stuff to talk about. So let's get started. Uh, Bates, tell us who you are and what's going on. Bates, uh, and I watch E3. Yeah, there's lots of stuff to talk about coming out of a pre-E3 show. And I'm, I'm Pokey Draven. I obviously help post the show. I write for the blog. Uh, kind of currently the Project Nova correspondent. Um, we might actually hold off on some of the news that we had for that until next week when we have you know more people. But uh, like I said, lots of stuff to talk about in terms of uh, in terms of gaming. Big stuff coming out of the Microsoft uh, presentation earlier today. So uh, let's get started off with just kind of our usual first things first: movies and entertainment. Uh, Black Panther uh, teaser. Did you see this, Bait? Yeah, I did. I actually watched it right before the show, and I was incredibly underimpressed underimpressed yeah yeah it just it i don't know it, it just didn't look too terribly interesting i guess i mean it is a new character uh for the marvel universe uh the cinematic universe at least um and the trailer just it didn't have that thing i felt like that that grabbed me for whatever reason so yeah, I felt kind of neutral about it. Uh, not anything that like hopped out at me, but I wasn't like mm-hmm. you know, cringing either. I was like, oh, okay, that's another one. Um, I think a lot of that might be me just being a little burnt out on all of this. I mean, <laughs> we, yeah. we, we, oh, we, we commented on the show that it's like, uh, you know, every week there's new shows, new movies coming out. It's just we're completely inundated with this stuff. And, you know, I'm not a huge comic book buff. Um, it was a lot of that was kind of before my time. I just never really got into it as a kid. So... Uh, a lot of this isn't hitting that nostalgia factor for me. Um, it's probably the same for you since you're a bit younger. Uh, so when this stuff comes out, it's like, okay, that, look, that looks cool, but I'm not going like, oh my god, I can't wait for this film because it reminds mm-hmm. me of the comic and all of this. So uh, it might be a little bit different for like for, for Jay and and Zell, a little bit older than I am, I think. So you know, they they might be a little more into it. But for this one, I felt I felt pretty neutral. Um, you know, it looks it looks good. You know, visually, uh, some interesting you know set pieces going on, and you know, lots of different characters, and, and kind of a more unique, um, more unique look than I think that a lot of the other films have, just due to the nature of the characters and that sort of thing. So, you know, it it, it hopefully will will be good. I like to get um, Jay and Zell's thoughts on it when they get back, just because uh, you know I'm I'm not as familiar as I would like, but uh, you know, again, kind of neutral on that one. And that's actually what we have for you know movies and, and, and whatnot. So we're going to go into the big news. This is this episode's going to be mostly about the Microsoft press conference. Uh, tons of stuff coming out of that one. So we're going to start with the big one. Uh, Xbox Scorpio finally got some details on that. We talked about this you know pretty in depth last week. Kind of what to expect, what's it going to be. Um, and so it finally has an official name, and it's being called the Xbox One X. Which if you Cram it all together looks absolutely ridiculous, um, but it is effectively the uh, answer of Microsoft to the PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, I think this is actually quite a bit more powerful, though. I'm not sure what the price is set at. Did they oh, did price tag? Actually, it's gonna be what $500? You said? Yeah, $499. $499. Okay, but yeah, so it's it's Xbox One X. It's kind of their 4K, you know, HDR response to the PlayStation 4. Supposedly, you know, four times better graphics processing with 
all the teraflops you could ever want. Uh, 31% faster GPU and a 50% more onboard RAM. Uh, this is coming out November 7th. Um, and yeah, so it looks like it's going to be backwards compatible with all the Xbox One games, kind of same deal as uh, PS4 had just for a, you know, we're, you, we're not going to make games that are exclusively for, uh, you know, Xbox, uh, Xbox One X. Uh, it's a mouthful. But, you know, they, they will have a lot of developers out there producing modes. And this is actually similar for the PlayStation 4 Pro, where it, it works in your PlayStation 4 regardless, but there is a mode you can flip on if you are playing it on the, you know, the next half-tier system that kind of ups the graphics, ups the performance, that sort of thing. Um, this is obviously not as big of a deal for me, but what about you, Zal? Uh, I'm sorry, what about you, Bate? I know you're our Xbox buff for this one. Is, is this pretty exciting for you, or, or what do you think? I mean, it's interesting, to, to say the least, I think. Um, but as far as, like, is it going to make me go buy uh, the console to be able to play it, or to play games in 4K? No, probably not. <laughs> um, probably not, no. But, I mean, if, if you're going to buy one, yeah, cool. <laughs> I guess uh, good for you. It'd be good for, for people, you know, who are still, I guess, on the fence as far as, oh, do I need to buy an Xbox or uh, over a PlayStation, I figure, or, you know. So, but me personally, no. Yeah, and it's going to be an interesting, um, interesting market on that one because obviously the PlayStation 4 Pro is only $400, and this is you know, it's a better piece of hardware, but it is a hundred dollars more. So you kind of have to make that decision if you're going to be buying one or the other, you know, do I want the, you know, slightly inferior $400 one? I want to, you know, throw in an extra 25% out of the price and, and get the, you know, supercomputer Xbox one X. Um, so it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this does. Um, PlayStation four pro actually did pretty well. Uh, I'm kind of in the same place as you are when it comes to this sort of thing where, if I already own the platform, I'm very unlikely to spend money to get, you know, the same thing but slightly better. If I was going to drop 400 bucks on a platform I already have to get better graphics or whatever, I would buy PC components instead of a, a new PS4 Pro, or in this case, would be a, uh, you know, Xbox One X. So that's kind of the decision for some people. I think a lot of the hardcore fans will probably latch on to it, and you know. Uh, the same kind of people that bought the, the PS4 Pro if I buy this. And, and, you know, you might get some new people that are coming in, but, you know, it's it's going to be... We'll have to wait and see how well it does. I actually am really curious to see sales figures between the, the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X to see, you know, what actually fares better, given they do kind of have a different uh, a different approach to what they're trying to do. Yeah, most definitely. And, like, if it was, if it was something like, you know... Oh, we're gonna release uh, you know games that only work on this uh, on this console. I might do it, but everything that you can play on your on your Xbox One is going to be playable on the Xbox One X, which I have decided that I'm not gonna call it that. I'm just gonna call it Scorpio because it's easier to say. Um, but I guess a lot of the developers are. Um, for, for games that are already out that you'll be able to play uh, on your One X, um, you can, or the developers are going to offer uh, free um, 4K upgrades for, um, for you know, games like Final Fantasy XV, uh, Rocket League, and whatever the Forza game is. So And Minecraft, if you want to play Minecraft in 4K. Yeah, if you want to play that's Minecraft in 4K <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> I mean, I guess why not? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, 
yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty standard fare for, for developers to, to push those free upgrades out. I mean, you know, it's it's in their best interest, too, that if, you know, they've got a game that you got, that you're going to be more likely to buy it if it, you know, supports the platform that, you know, you just purchased, which would be the, you know, the higher-end machine. So, you know, it, it's it's good to see that they're kind of hopping on that and, you know, letting people know right away, hey, yeah, we'll do it. You know, don't worry about it. You know, we'll, we'll definitely give you the free upgrade, the same treatment we did with the uh, the PlayStation 4 Pro. So, you know, that's that's definitely good for potential Scorpio owners. Yeah, most definitely. Um, also, prices for, um, I think it's the 1S, the slim uh, Xbox One. Uh, there's going to be a $50 price reduction starting today, I think Phil Spencer said. Um, okay. So it's going to go from certain bundles. It's the, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head because I put it in the notes. I want to say it's the terabyte Forza one is going to two seventy nine, and then the five hundred gig one with I think it comes with Battlefield one is going to whatever fifty dollars cheaper from its list prices. Now I'm not familiar with with the way they they do it for the Xbox. Is the S considered like a separate platform from the Xbox One? Like do they sell both of them or is the S just kind of like the equivalent of like the PlayStation 4 Slim where they stop producing the old fat ones and, and start making the new Slim ones. Like, are they simultaneously sold or is it just the newest upgrade? Yeah, as far as I know, they're simultaneously sold. Okay. Um, I mean, granted, I, I have an Xbox. I haven't gone into the stores and looked to see, oh, are they still selling fat fat ones or not? But I assume, I'm like, I'm, I'm about 90% confident that they're selling them simultaneously. All right. Well, that sounds pretty good. So yeah, it's it's like I said before. It's gonna be interesting to see, you know, how how this does. Um, obviously, price reduction on you know the older Xbox is gonna be good for people if they're wanting to hop on that. But if you are interested in you know the 4K uh, resolution and and the specs on this thing are, are pretty damn impressive, I do suggest you kind of go and and check it out uh, to kind of give you a feel of you know. This is this is kind of the direction we're going. I think that kind of we talked about it last week with them pushing this almost. Uh, you know, halfway point between a console and a PC, this is kind of it. Um, and the $500 price tag is not completely unreasonable. I think that's, it's it's probably more than some people might have expected if they're expecting a more PlayStation 4 uh, Pro uh, price tag, but still, you know, 100 bucks more for, for what you're getting is, is really not a terrible deal. So definitely worth your consideration if you're looking into buying a, you know, a new console for, uh, for your Microsoft games. And if you just want something to something pretty to look at, I highly suggest going on YouTube and looking at the um, just a couple of different games that are going to be uh, uh, that you can play in 4K on that. I think I think Forza was the one that they were really pushing um, for some reason. I think they might be release re-releasing one of the whatever the newest Forza game is, Horizons Three, I think, for the One uh, X, and it, they're going to patch it to where it's got. 700 different cars you can choose from which was Jesus. really damn impressive uh, i don't think most racing games have uh anything more than maybe 100 150 at the most so 700 is pretty damn good well that's pretty impressive and i mean a lot of those, yeah. those racing games are, are known to have just really really clean good graphics so being able to oh, kind yeah. of ramp up that resolution to, to 4k is going to make them look absolutely fantastic so you know it, it is definitely good eye candy and it's it's nice to see that we're getting to the point where consoles are 
maybe not competing on the same level as, as PCs in terms of, of graphic fidelity, but they're, you know, it's, it's looking really damn good. Some of the stuff that we see coming out, we'll talk about that in a bit. is just, it looks absolutely amazing on, on console and, and on PC as well, of course. So uh, looking forward to that. Now I know that Microsoft, they were boasting that they're going to have what 22 exclusives coming out in the near future for, oh for my Xbox God. one. Yes. Yes. It seemed like everything that they unveiled uh, at E3 or just about everything. It was, uh, you know, they had the little Xbox One exclusive or whatever right before the trailers. It was like, holy shit, guys. But yeah, 22 exclusives, uh, Phil Spencer was saying. Yeah, I think they really wanted to hit it out of the park with this one and, and you know, really stick it to Sony and go, like, hey, you know, we, we've got all these exclusives. You know, it's it's going to be, you know, the year of the Xbox. And, and they really wanted to push that mentality. That's kind of the feel I got from a lot of the... the you know, a lot of the presentation today. And I, I think that, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see the other side of the story when E3 actually, you know, starts on, on the 13th here, uh, which will probably be, you know, already happening by the time you, hear, you guys hear the show. But, you know, for right now, it's, you know, it looks like Xbox is a pretty strong, pretty strong showing so far from, from what we've seen. Now, I know the one we have talked about, um, and this is not an Xbox exclusive, but I know that Bait and I have, have kind of gone back and forth a little bit on this is Assassin's Creed Origins, which is going to be the uh, Egyptian-themed Assassin's Creed that's coming out. And, you know, Bait's a little more familiar with it, so I'm going to kind of hand this over to him. But, you know, just from what I saw in the trailer, damn, like, it, it looks pretty uh-huh. damn cool. It, 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 and it does, yeah. The couple of things I picked up from the trailer, though, um, was it, it had a very Black Flag vibe to it, just in the in the things that they showed specifically, like they had cuts to, uh, you know, a couple of ships alluding to naval combat, and then they had a portion where, um, oh, damn it, what's his name? Whatever the assassin's name is, Bayek, I think, is diving underwater, Um so obviously there's going to be some kind of uh, uh, underwater aspect where you can go. I assume like in Black Flag where you you know you can go into the bottom of the ocean and and collect the treasures from sunken ships and whatnot. Uh, so that's uh, really interesting. That's one of the things that I know a lot of people and I personally liked about Black Flag. Um, and then uh, just watching IGN's little post uh, post conference uh, update where you know they went over everything. Uh, Marty Sleva, one of the presenters, was you know confirmed that yeah the Black Flag team has been working on this for I think three years, which puts it which should put development start time at the end of or around the time that um, Unity came out. Okay. Yeah. So a um, couple of other things from the from the trailer. Um, uh, there's going to be a day night cycle. Um, uh, what else? No mini map. So the mini map is going to be um, like a bar uh, across the top of the screen. Very, very similar uh, to Fallout and Skyrim style. Um, there's a lot of different RPG elements that, that I noticed. Um, so when you go to open your, um, your little character menu uh, to equip your weapons, there's slots for everything instead of just picking from a list of, of shit that you want to equip. And there's... Um, levels to to how good your equipment is um so i think there's a purple blue and uh like gold um i assume like common rare and uh whatnot so that'll be really interesting to see how that works um i was hearing something about skill tree but i didn't see anything about the skill tree uh like they didn't show any any of that part of it 
Um, and there's a couple more cons coming up, so I'm sure that they'll show that either. No, they might even show it tomorrow because we haven't even gotten to the Ubisoft uh, press conference. So maybe we'll see more then. Uh, the th- the thing that really got me though that I I enjoyed was there's literally there's a literal eagle vision. So in past Assassin's Creed games, you know, you would push down on the thumbstick or whatever, or push uh, a button, and the world would illuminate like blue or something, and you know, your assassin would uh, pick out would be able to differentiate between targets and uh, bad guys and whatnot. Well, this you have a like an actual fucking eagle that you throw up into the air, and it, it you could fly over uh, the area and, and be able to to do that same thing to be able to pick out the bad guys and your targets and whatnot. <laughs> and that was really cool. I like. I I did enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of a lot of themes of of from what I've seen of, of Black Flag in it. And I think that's uh-huh. that's one thing that people do forget is that you know for a while they're pushing these games out once a year, but it wasn't the same team you know making the game uh-huh. in a year. I mean, that's twelve months is absurdly short development cycle. You just you can't do it. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of these things were kind of overlapping multiple teams, and then they just, they staggered their releases. You know a year apart and, and you know that, that that had some issues and whatnot but it makes sense that you know from what i've seen from assassin's creed origins that uh it does look very similar to the the black flag and in, in what they were doing oh, yeah. i actually i actually kind of wonder um when they did the, the naval combat which has kind of been uh, a pretty pretty popular staple in the series ever since assassin's creed 3 um i wonder when they put that in there if they had any idea that it would be so well received because it seemed like they're like Oh shit! People really like fighting on ships as an assassin, so I guess we'll just make a whole damn game about it. And call, that, you know, call that black flag. And yeah, that's basically what it was. Isn't it? Like, oh, you, you, yeah. you like the mini game? Okay, we'll, we'll we'll keep doing more of that then. And and they've they've come back to that again and again. And I think that that's that's kind of now become a perhaps an unexpected staple of, of the series. But you know, it is incredibly fun. That was one of the better parts of three, despite me disliking the rest of the game. Yeah, and I, I think that obviously that's the thing that made for what it uh, what it was was that naval combat. Obviously, that game, that whole game being centered around uh, naval combat. So it, it, it'll be really interesting to see how they do it in in Origin. Um, there's not a whole lot of water in Egypt itself. I mean, you're just going you're just going up and down the Nile River. Um, so it kind of makes me wonder how far. Uh, into the Mediterranean Sea, they'll let us go. Um, so that'll be really cool to see. I'm sure they'll have uh, a lot of really neat things to do. And for the timeline, I did want to make a correction. A couple of weeks ago, um, I was saying that that everything that I had read seemed to hint at it being it taking place um, around like the 23rd century or something stupid far back like that. But it seems like this is going to be around the time of Cleopatra. So, what is that, like 60 AD or some shit like that? Or, yes, that sounds right. Maybe a little bit earlier. Um, So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, see what other, I guess, historical uh, nations um, we get to encounter other than obviously just the Egyptians. Right, and and this is meant to be the first. Like, this is the origin of the order. Is is that kind of the direction they're taking the story? You think? Yes. Yeah. That's okay. that's um, from what I understand in the wording of the trailer. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Okay, and in that does that make sense in terms of the the, the timeline that as your as you know it? Um, no. <laughs> no <laughs> See, I, I always really. thought it was like you know 
Mesopotamia was where it all started, like way back. I mean, obviously this is still quite a far ways back, but it uh, is. I'm I'm surprised they 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 started it there. I thought they could go because I mean, if you did, you know, like Gilgamesh era, you could do some cool stuff there too. But you know, obviously, if this is you know we're calling this the start point, then that's probably where they're gonna they're gonna stick with it. So you know, who knows? It, it could be interesting, but uh, the story of Assassin's Creed has definitely evolved a lot over the years, and it is a pretty interesting story. So we'll, we'll kind of see where they take this one, and Egypt is obviously a very, very cool locale, and it'll be good to see some stuff coming out of this one. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, one thing on the uh, uh, on the timeline, they do have, in the lore, accounts going as far back as the time of Xerxes. Okay. So um, about 466 BC, um, and if obviously I, I don't think the Cleopatra thing is confirmed, but you know it's we're at E3 right now. I, I would be uh, I would be surprised if anything coming out of E3 about any game turns out to to be you know wrong or right. uh, you know. So you know if we're looking at Cleopatra, looking at about 30 BC, I had to. I had to double check and make sure, and 60 AD was way off. So 30. Um, so yeah, the the lore. It's going to be really funny to see how they how they play this off. Yeah, it's it's going to be good stuff. I'm I'm curious. I need to go back and actually, at the very least, watch um, some YouTube game movies you know where they put all the cutscenes together just to get a feel oh, for it yeah I, I'm, I'm not honestly to be honest i'm not gonna go through and play all the games i just don't have time for it but i, I would like to kind of catch up on the story where they took it so um, i do need to do that and, and kind of get myself caught up to to origin so i have some clue of what the hell is actually going on since you know there's been quite a few games since uh mm. i stopped playing in assassin's creed 3 they made it to fucking aliens at the end of aliens. three they, they kind of dropped off of they dropped away from the aliens thing which is cool <laughs> that's that's probably for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, we have someone who joined the chat, someone who probably should start working on a shout out right now. But uh, do you want to introduce yourself, Zell? I'm Zell. He's Zell. There he goes. Um, and 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 I have managed to get here, so my my record remains unbroken. Technically, he's he's considered an exempt employee. So as long as he shows up to the Biomaster podcast that he is considered here for the day and he can be late and show up and leave early and this will count and he gets paid for it so i'm right. just kidding paid. we don't we, we yeah, don't get paid, paid anything we we, we we do the show and then pay to do the show because bandwidth can be expensive so um we do not make any money doing this but you know if, if you want to toss us a few bucks we'll complain anyways i'll just to catch you up we were just kind of touching on the assassin's creed origins uh info that was kind of coming out of the press conference today um, and just kind of moving forward down the list here. So, uh, Bate, you did say that there's some Xbox games, like original Xbox games that are going to be kind of part of the backwards compatibility program that Microsoft is doing. Is this just kind of a continuation of them trying to bring older titles to be able to be played on Xbox One and PC and that sort of thing? Yeah, it, it has to be. Um, I think right now the 360 backwards compatibility program has over 300 games. So, in my opinion, this is just a way to to expand the library for the Xbox One. Um, I feel like a lot of people were uh, were saying when the console came out, and even now, to a degree, that the Xbox doesn't have any games to play. Well, now that you add in the 300 Xbox 360 games and then the however many original Xbox games that they're going to add in, that's a huge library that Xbox has over, um, over Sony. Because the PlayStation doesn't oh, yeah. have backwards compa- nope. uh, compatibility. Okay. Yeah. So that's huge. 
Well, um, especially since Sony is relying mostly on people just doing HD, you know, remakes or, or just mm-hmm. HD re-releases of games instead of just going, yeah, it just works, you know, which, like you said, is a huge advantage that Microsoft is having over Sony right now. Yes, most definitely. And I, I would think that it would that doing a backwards compatibility program uh, would generate more money uh, in the long run, but I could be wrong about that. Well, it helps sell your system when you can go, hey, you can buy our new system. It's going to be new. It'll probably work better than your old system, but you can play all your old system's games on it. People will go, oh, hell yeah, I'm in for that. Oh, yeah. um, it's it's something that I'm, I'm a little jealous of, is, is being someone who doesn't play um, Xbox. I'm more of a Sony guy, but damn, I wish I wish that worked that way. Because, I mean, I know that Sony has like an emulator built in that just... Once they release it on there, it kind of just auto upside, upscales everything and makes it you know, look good. But you still have to buy the game that's been kind of recoded to actually work on the system. If that just worked on its own, that'd be huge. But my guess is there's probably enough of a difference between the architecture of the PS3 and the PS4 that that just doesn't work. And obviously, Microsoft's kind of either thought ahead or managed to make it you know fit the old technology where it is compatible from the get-go. So I almost suspect that we'll see... At least I hope that we'll see, you know, when the next PlayStation comes out, that they will try to follow suit and actually have that backwards compatibility because, you know, there's a lot of great PS4 games. I don't really want to have to buy them again if I want to play, you know, the better version of them on the PlayStation 5 or whatever. Um, but, you know, uh, good props to Microsoft for, for actually pulling this off. I think it's a great program and it's it's good to see, you know, people's games still holding value and they can actually kind of carry it through to the next system rather than, you know, having 12 systems set up on their, on their console, you know? Yeah. Um, now right now it's not, it's not, you know, no games have been uh, announced other than Crimson Skies. I haven't played Crimson Skies, but the reaction in the crowd was huge. They absolutely loved it. So I assume it's uh, one of those uh, like cult classic games or whatever. Um, so that's coming. Uh, it, the program for the original Xbox uh, re, uh, backwards compatibility stuff launches later this year. Um, I assume around November, when it might even launch the same day that the new console does, uh, November seventh. So I, I would use that as a as a uh, target release date. I would think um, it's also not clear if you'll be able to take your Xbox games and just put the discs in uh, your console. And they'll play like that. That's how the 360 games work. But uh, as far as the original Xbox Xbox games, um, no, no details were given. It, should, it was just, you know, hey, you're going to be able to do this. Um, so we'll see. All right, sounds good. So some other games coming out. Uh, Battlefront 2, obviously a pretty big one that's garnished a lot of attention. Um, this is, of course, the Star Wars, you know, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, you know, they had a gameplay trailer. It looks fantastic. I mean, it looks just as good as the first one, which was incredibly good, even on console. Um, it looks like they are really focusing on having kind of an all-inclusive sort of approach to it, where it's, you know, it, you can have maps that are from, you know, episodes one through three, or from six, seven, eight, or or, or from, you know, uh, four, five, six, or from seven, eight, nine. You know, all the eras. You aren't going to be, you know, locked into just a certain section of of the, the whole timeline so that'll be nice it gives them a little more opportunity to uh you know uh expand and try different things and, and that sort of thing but you know um i don't know how well this is going to do i think people are still pretty bitter about the first battlefront um it was fairly lackluster didn't do too well especially with the dlc model they were using so 
what do you guys think? You think it's gonna you think it's gonna do better? You think they're gonna change things up, or is it gonna be the same EA bullshit that we're used to? It's it's always EA. That's just it's EA. We'll know more when the story uh, when we hear more about the, the campaign about the actual story mode. I think. Yeah, I mean that's going to be important, and obviously they're they're pushing this out in preparation for you know episode eight coming out later this year. That's why they pushed the first one out two yeah. years ago because they did it for the movie and it was had issues because of it. Uh, hopefully they they took their time this time and, and took full use of all the the two years they had to work on it and actually you know make it right. But uh, I suspect we'll see a lot more details about this when E three actually starts on Tuesday and and hopefully you know hopefully we see stuff that encourages me to actually want it because i i did play the original battlefront um back in the day big fan of it very fantastic game and then when this battlefront one came out you know the, the obviously the, the ps4 or xbox reboot whatever um did not care for the beta did not buy it because of the beta uh, and i do hope that they can kind of maybe reinvigorate some of my interest in it and actually you know kind of call back that magic that the original the original series actually had so looking forward to that and, and hopefully some good details come out in the next few days or so yeah yeah um the the thing that like made me get all giddy like a little girl though was when they when they said the in the multiplayer gameplay the map that they were going to be on the assault on Thebes I got really giddy because that map at least the first part of that map is in uh, original Battlefront one and two uh, in Battlefront one I think it's during the day and then in Battlefront two you play at night and you know they were walking through the the first part of it uh, the game mode that they were playing was like it was a uh, what they call it, like a, a three-tiered uh, match. So the the first tier was on that match. It looked pretty, you know, I was remembering all the corners and shit. So it's pretty uh, true to the original one, which makes me wonder if since we're going to be able to play, you know, maps from all three eras, if they'll do more of that. Which if they do, great. I mean, Battlefront 1 and 2 maps were, were really well designed, I thought. Yeah, I remember they're doing pretty well. So it's you know it's you know we'll we'll see. You know, I, I the, the game looks like I said it looks fantastic. I hope mm-hmm. they can actually get the gameplay and their support structure for how they're handling content to actually you know make sense and be and be enjoyable. So you know we'll see. It, it is EA and like Zell said, EA is EA, and we we've all known for a decade what EA is like. So you know I, I hope for the best, but you know my my boundless optimism doesn't exactly extend to this sort of thing. So we'll have to see. Yeah, the one thing that did bother me though, and then we can move on. Um, the heroes. So I don't know how it worked in Battle in in Battlefront 2015, but I guess when you every, during your your life you gain uh, like command points or something that you can use when you have enough to turn into one of the one of the main heroes. And so in past Battlefront games the hero that you could pick from was tied to whatever era you were in. So if you were, you know, clones and droids, you couldn't play as Darth Vader. Well, now, that's not the case. I don't like that. That's, I mean, it's immersion-breaking, I think. But EA, I guess. I mean, in that case, I think it kind of depends on are the heroes unique from each other? Uh, so it's not just like a reskin of the same kind of hero. Because if it's not just a reskin, then you don't necessarily want to gate the content behind what map you're on, saying like, well, your favorite hero may be Darth Vader, but because we're doing this you know, on an Episode Seven map, you don't get to play as him. Um, it's immersion-breaking, but from a design perspective, it also kind of sucks to have certain content not accessible, you know? So I, I can kind yeah, of see what's going on both sides, you know? 
but yeah so you know it's it's interesting and then you know it's everyone's gonna have their own opinion about it star wars is a very very iconic ip and you know you can't make everyone happy so we'll, we'll see how well it does and you will be able to play from uh to play uh maps from the new planet that they're going to use in episode eight when the game of course comes out, so. of course cross course <laughs> Uh, and that's why it's going to be ready before uh, before the movie comes out. Yes, you know, you know, they got they got they got to make that link, right? Uh, but yeah, good stuff. So another thing that is coming out, and this is kind of an interesting one. Uh, it's a game called Anthem. It's being developed by Bioware. So Bioware is obviously the publisher for Bio, uh, Mass Effect games. So this Anthem is a new IP. Uh, it is a third-person game, futuristic. It's let's say post-apocalyptic. Uh, basic premises is that uh, humanity is kind of forced to live within this walled city because the outside is, is dangerous. Um, if you replace the word walled city with tower, uh, it might sound familiar. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of an open world sort of deal. Um, it's got these exosuits. The exosuits seem to be class-based, so you kind of have an RPG-style feel to it. Uh, I got... When I was watching, I'm like, okay, for one, it looks great, but, you know, trailers always look great. The second thought was, this feels like Bioware's response to Destiny. Did you guys kind of get a similar feel to it? Just a I, little bit, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It, it's it's not it's as cartoony as some of the Destiny stuff, as I didn't see you guys running around with swords and that sort of thing. It kind of had that definite uh, Mass Effect feel to the aesthetic, um, just with the kind of the way that the combat played out. It was a little, a little heavier, um, but thematically, it, it felt quite similar to destiny where it's like you go in your suit, you go in this adventure outside the, the walls of the city and you, you know, go kill stuff. And it's got, you know, uh, loot based elements where, you know, someone gets the drop and it's like, Oh, I hope it's good. And the box opens and it's a like, gate, yeah, it's a legendary rifle. This is fantastic. So, you know, it's kind of the standard fare you come to expect now. With a lot of these open world games is that it's, you know, you, you dig around for loot, you get better guns, better upgrades for your suit. Uh, suits have a lot of uh, customization, that sort of thing. No actual details on any of this. I mean, this is one of those, hey, it's a gameplay trailer, but the people talking to each other are incredibly scripted, which drives me nuts. Um, but, you know, it, it's that kind of feel to it. So, obviously, the trailer is very scripted. I don't expect the actual gameplay to, to really represent what you see there. But, you know, it does look interesting. Definitely one I'm going to keep my eye on. I think it's... It, It'll be interesting to see and you know how it differs from everything else that's coming out. I hear open world and start getting twitchy, so we'll have to see you know uh, to what extent that is and and go from there. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it looks it looks good, um, and it's coming out for uh, all platforms in fall of 2018. So we still got some time to go on this one, uh, but uh, yeah. yeah, 18 quintillion cl uh, square kilometers is the size of that map. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes, more or less, give or take a few uh, a few teraflops. Uh, yeah, exactly. The one thing that that, that gameplay trailer kind of made me go, "What the fuck?" Was so as soon as she kills the the little uh, like wolves or whatever they called them, scabs maybe. Uh, and they or go and skags and wolf. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they go and they get the drop. And I'm really hoping that the game isn't like this. It has to be just for E3. But the dialogue takes in such a turn where you know they're talking about the box, and then she gets the weapon, and she's like, "Oh, it's blank weapon." And she names what the name of the weapon is called. It's some legendary weapon. So we're just gonna say it's like Thor's Thor's hammer or whatever. She's like, "Oh, look, Thor's hammer." That's really cool. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, that is really cool. I really hope the dialogue isn't like that because that was super awkward and just 
Well, I, I, like I said, I'm guessing that was more of a scripted, hey, we're real players talking to each other about how we're excited about this loot drop. Um, yeah. I don't think it's actual in-game, in-game dialogue, but it, it was... It was cringy. Um, those are always really, really cringy. Those are always yes. really cringy. I I absolutely hate. Division did the same shit with their, oh, their really? gameplay trailer, um, where they've got you know like oh yeah let's go look over here that's a great idea. It, it's Star it's, Citizen's done it too when they were showing off their FPS module. Yeah, it's it's oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. E- Evil do it too, but they do a little bit better job with with it I think. But yeah, these these whole scripted you know oh yeah we're gonna go on an adventure. What class suit are you gonna use? Well, I'm gonna use my lancer. Okay, well I'll go with my Goliath lens. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> you know, it's. I understand they try not to, to info dump with um with like yeah here are the classes this is what they do that sort of thing they're trying to make it feel a little more organic but it's so damn cringy I I can't stand it when they do that but that okay. seems to be the format these you know quote unquote gameplay trailers give these days so but yeah no I I, I think you guys should take a look at this one um it's. It's a cool-looking trailer. I don't trust anything anymore. I don't trust even gameplay trailers because it's so scripted. But, you know, it, it, it looks neat enough to at least keep your eye on for the time being. And, and hopefully we'll get some, some more details coming in this uh, in E3 here. Really pretty game, that one. Yeah, no, it looks it looks great. Like I said, it's kind of got that 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 uh, Mass Effect kind of feel to it. But, uh, you know, obviously quite a bit of a different setting. Yeah, this, this site kind of reminded me of, uh, like... You remember in Crisis, I think it's Crisis, Crisis Three, where you yep. go out and you step in, you step into the world, and it's like overgrown grass and trees and whatnot. It's kind of what this reminded me of. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a this used to be Earth or at least a, a human world yeah. that was overtaken by nature pretty much, and there's it's just like a jungle, and they're they're going underwater and diving through the trees and stuff. Like it looks it looks pretty cool. So yeah. you know, it, it it was a good take on kind of the post apocalyptic uh, feel to it. Okay, so another one that came that's coming out is called A Way Out, and this is actually um, from the developers of a game called A Tale of Two Sons, or Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. And if I recall, that original game was you basically play as two characters simultaneously, where you have to control each of them individually uh, with the control sticks, and it's kind of a top-down sort of deal. Really, really cool game. Um, got a good story behind that sort of thing. This one is apparently co-op only. I believe you actually uh, have to play co-op with somebody. You can't just play with yourself. It has to be either yeah. online or, or couch co-op. Uh, and the concept is that you're two guys that are in jail, and you have to break out of jail by cooperating with each other. And it looks, it actually looks really, really pretty cool. I mean, what were your thoughts on it, babe? I really am uh, looking forward to this game. Um, so yeah, like Boogie said, you know, you start off as these two guys, and it, the game has to be set like in the early '70s because one of the dudes looks like fucking Elvis. Um, I was, you know, riffing around with a couple of guys uh, in Discord uh, while the E3 conference was going on, and, and one of them was like, "Oh, dude, it's a fucking Elvis game, man." Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, um, but. Yeah, the, the concept, you start off at least uh, in prison. You have to, you know, um, escape from prison. Um, I'm, I'm seeing a couple of people theorize that, you know, this this is just a small portion of, of the rest of the game because there are, you know, there are sequences that they, they show, I think in the trailer at least, um, that are, you know, you're out of prison and you're you're jumping. I think you'd like jump across a like a cliff. Um so the whole thing's not in prison, which is which is cool. Um, but yeah, you're you're two. You control 
two char- uh, two separate characters. Uh, so you and your whoever you're co-oping with um, each get a character. And I, I guess one of the big things that that they seem to be hitting on, I thought at least, was the fact that while one character is in a cinematic, is in a cutscene, the other character can still move around like in the background and do stuff, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, it kind of had this sense of you know obviously cooperation is is really really important um in some of the shots they show you know really give that away that it's like you you have to really talk to each other and actually work this out it's not something you can just go in uh without comms or anything and just and just figure out you're probably gonna have to actually have active communication with someone to, to work on and and like you said when you've got like the one person locked in a cinematic it that, that does provide for some interesting gameplay where it's like from a different perspective you know things can be very different where you know one guy's you know uh you could even have almost like he's he's talking to a uh, a guard or something and has to like select dialogue options that keep him distracted while the other guy is off you know doing something to to you know get get around him and, and you know steal the keys or whatever um I, I think that that's a pretty cool concept and it is surprising that they're actually going to go with you have to play this co-op as a two-player only game um you don't get a lot of that anymore usually it's still they'll, they'll have the, the stand in ai which is terrible but it's there in case you need it um to to go you absolutely must have someone to play with is uh yeah, it kind of a I'd say a brave step. Um, I think it'll probably work out fine since it is just two people. But uh, you know, I, I am interested to see kind of how they how they make that work and if it actually is enjoyable, particularly with the online play. Hey, you know what really pissed me off about that one though? You know, kind of going back to gameplay. So the EA studio executive person, whatever his name was, he, he gets up on the stage and he says, "You need to invite your friend over." And play side by side co op to get the full experience. No, no, fuck you, dude. No, <laughs> couch co It's it is 2017. Couch co op is dead. I am not inviting somebody over to sit down and play a game. I refuse to do it. Uh, I should. Kids. You should. You should not rely on somebody coming over to get the full experience for a game. You, you should. I should be able to play online. Right, I should be able to play online, and you can't you can't play co-op online. Just for clarification, um, nobody's that evil to make a game that you can't do online co-op uh, in. Um, but yeah, no, it, like I said, it's current year. You should couch co-op is not a thing, guys. Stop. Ah, oh, if if Jay was here, <laughs> he would be tearing you a new one, buddy. Fucking old uh, man. Oh shit. <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> All right. Um, nothing wrong with couch co-op, but let's let's move along here. Uh, so another one, uh, Sea of Thieves. That's and you've probably described it aptly in the in the, the notes here, Bait, that it's basically No Man's Sky but with pirates and co-op. Hopefully uh, less disappointing than No Man's hopefully Sky. Hopefully less disappointing. Um, it, it looks to be like a like cartoon style. You're on the ocean. Um, you're a bunch of pirates on a boat, and you go diving underwater to uh, you know basically get treasure and, and that sort of thing. Uh, so is this entirely hey, procedure Pokey. generated? What? Pokey. What? Does it have 18 quintillion islands? It has 18 quintillion freaking chests, boats, islands, fish. It's got lots of those. And all of them are probably meaningless. No. Um, this, I, think, I think the addition of co-op actually is, is what's kind of critical for this sort of thing. I think a lot of what made No Man's Sky, and I promise I'm just going to a rant, um, what made it struggle is the fact that it was truly single player. Um, 
despite what people may have thought initially, in that it's difficult to kind of create interesting stories in that kind of universe by yourself, um, with there's no really overarching narrative. But I think when you've got people with you, um, you can do all kinds of crazy stuff, um, which is a lot of the fun. So uh, I, I think I think this will do better. Um, now, Bate, did you get the impression that it is indeed procedurally generated, like No Man's Sky? Um, uh, or is it just, or is it maybe? just that it's large? It may, it may just be that it's large because when when dude pulls up the map, there's already like named islands and stuff. So okay, it, it, yeah, it, it probably is just large. Um, of course, everybody wants to know how large. Um, I don't think we'll find out until I don't know the game comes out, <laughs> um, or if Rare's going to show up at another uh, event. Um, and they may say they may say something more about it, but. I have a feeling it's just large. Yeah, and I mean that—that's that's perfectly fine. I think the idea of hey, it's an infinite universe is cool, but effectively kind of meaningless. Um, as long as you have enough content, I think to keep people interested for a reasonable amount of time, uh, that's fine. You know, it's—it's oh, yeah, it's, you know you don't want to run into the open world issues that you get with certain games, but you know with co-op it, it can make things interesting, especially if the, the mechanics and and the variety of stuff you actually see is is interesting enough. So you know we'll 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 have to follow this one and and see if it follows in the same the same rut that a lot of open world games do, particularly games like No Man's Sky. But you know I, I do hope that they can make a good open world co-op game because I I want one. I just am very picky, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll be sure to track this one uh, moving forward. So another one, Metro Exodus, and I actually <laughs> misread this in the chat when we first talked about it. I thought it was Metroid Exodus. I was like, okay, cool, a Metroid <laughs> game. And I'm watching, yeah. like, what the hell is this? this isn't Metroid? <laughs> I went back and looked, I'm like, oh, okay, it's Metro. Okay, I get it now. Um, but yeah, so this one, and I'm not too familiar with, with them. This is a continuation of the Metro uh, yes. story, right? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Not too familiar with the story. Are you? Do you, do you know what's with that or? Um, I've got the first one, and I finished installing it about an hour before the show, and I played like the first hour of it. Um, so I know about that much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, basically, the gist of it is you are in uh, Russia, and as far as I can tell, or well, no, yeah, yeah, you are in Russia. So you're in Russia, um, and there's been some kind of nuclear explosion or apocalyptic event that has put these these creatures on the surface uh and so everybody lives in the uh the metro system of, of moscow and so you you go to the surface for various missions and this that and the other um for you know two games at this point but it looks like with exodus um as you know the name kind of implies uh, you're going to be leaving the the safety of uh, the Moscow Metro, and you're going to venture onto the surface. Yeah, and I mean, it looks it looks great. I mean, the first opening shot is kind of this. You know, it's it's obviously in winter. Everything is very well frozen over in kind of the Russian winter. Um, very very brutal. Uh, and then it kind of cuts to him crawling through the sewers, and it's like there's yeah there's there's all kinds of creatures. I'm, I'm kind of watching it on, on the side here. Uh, lots of nasty creatures in there. Obviously, stuff that's probably mutated from nuclear explosion and, and that sort of thing. And it's kind of got this, um, I don't want to say steampunk, but like almost like the wristwatch he has kind of has like a Nixie tube look to it, which is really badass. I really like that kind of feel. And, and it looks, it looks fantastic. Um, 
I, I actually own because you know it's humble bundles because that's how you own every game that you never play. Uh, I have a lot of the original Metro games on my PC. I just haven't actually installed and played them. So uh, this looks fantastic. Um, do we know if it's an Xbox exclusive or is that going to be multi-platform? Uh, I am not sure. I mean, at the very least, we know it's going to be on PC since they seem to be doing Windows 10 is compatible with a lot of these Xbox games. So. I might actually try to go back and, and try to play through some of the original Metro games and, and get up into up to speed on this one because this looks really good. I love this kind of setting. Um, it looks fantastic. The combat looks pretty badass. I mean, it is a quote-unquote gameplay trailer, so I expect it's much more scripted than actual gameplay. But you know, I, I, I do look forward to this one, and, and it should be it should be good to follow. Um, like I said, the the setting is is quite good, and it's got nice kind of grungy. You know, futuristic. You know, we're surviving with duct tape and bullets here, um, so I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, PS4, Xbox One, PC. Cool. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's good stuff. And there's exploding crossbow bolts, which is always fun. Yes. All right. What's up next? We've got Shadow of War, which is basically Shadow of Mordor 2. Um, I know we've talked about this one in the past because you you played Shadow of Mordor, right? Right, uh, Bate. I played the first one a little bit, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and and you know, tell me if if I'm the only one that sees this, but just watching that trailer, does the game look off? It looks like, weird. Like yeah, the main okay, character okay, looks good. weird. So, yeah, okay, good. So I'm not the only one. The, the first the rich, one was like that too. Yeah, I think he looked a little bit better in the first one, to be honest. Um, I think they updated their engine, and I, I don't know. He just he did look a little strange. Um, but I, 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 did, I thought everybody looked strange, but I, it, I did just be me. Yeah, I mean that's that's to each his own, I guess. Um, but I, I did actually really like this. Uh, this uh, this trailer. I think that a, l- a large part of it is that you're building an army, and basically you can go and mind control orcs to join your army. Um, so you're you're kind of this your character standing up on this the top of this kind of this hill and looking down in this arena where these two orcs are basically just beating the shit out of each other. And one of them you know snaps to his neck and tears it off, and it's it's as gruesome as you would expect from like a Shadow of War game. Um, and he goes. I like that guy. Let's go get him. So they basically go down, they basically mind control this guy, and they have this really kind of funny conversation with this orc kind of sweet talking him after he, he joins him. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, there's this uh, castle over there, and you know, we could go like you know, totally take that out and you get like a, a new place and you can piss off Sauron, like it's gonna be right. You you want help? Don't worry, man, I'll I'll be your main guy. I I will protect you, and anyone who tries to get near you has to go through me first. And he's like, Okay, yeah. Yeah okay, I, I, that that whole interaction between those two is was pretty funny. I actually really I, I like kind of that uh, a little more humorous side to it of orcs being you know weird because they're orcs, but uh, that sort of element was kind of cool. And I do like the idea of kind of building in this you know uh, Shadow Mortar had the system, the Nemesis system, where you would kill officers within the orc army and it would cause various political changes to shift and it was it was interesting but this one's almost like you can still do that but if there's a particular guy that is kind of badass that you you want you can actually kind of go and forcefully recruit him to join your side and you're building this army to go you know fight sauron so that's kind of badass i think that's that's a cool evolution rather than just rehashing the same thing over again so so what do you think babe do you think that's going to be neat Oh yeah, most definitely. I think that you know, seeing how seeing how that particularly ties into what Monolith has dubbed the Nemesis system, uh, that they're they're no without a doubt going to carry over for the first game. Seeing how how that ties in or how those two tie into each other is going to be really interesting. 
Um, so if, if you're not familiar with, uh, with this nemesis system, in the world, every orc has, uh, has a place in the army. So if you go and you kill a leader, right, it, uh, the, those results will reflect in the overall, in, in the grand scheme of things. So when you kill somebody and then you open up your, your um, what did they call it? I forgot what they call it, but you open up your little thing that shows, you know, all the all the leaders, uh, more or less, of the of the uh, the opposing army, and so it shows that you killed the guy, and somebody else comes and takes his place. Well, then there's a gap where that guy moved up, and so somebody else comes and takes his place, and it's this domino effect of, of people moving up in the system. So, um, you know, having uh, orcs pulled from that system and having everybody else slide up. Uh, is it, it was really cool when Shadow of uh, when Shadow Mordor came out, and I think you know adding this this other this almost other dynamic to it will make it that much better. I think it's one of my favorite systems uh, from gaming in like at least the past five years. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a good way of how to take a pretty pretty good system and actually evolve it in a way that's not just cramming systems on top of it. I think it's actually a proper evolution of of the concept, and I think it'll do quite well. Do you know what the story is about? No, I don't because I I, okay, again, I, I don't either. I didn't I didn't finish the first one. I got a pretty pretty good way into it, but I, I not far enough where I could guess how it was going to end. So I'd have to check on that. But obviously, he's building an army to go fight Sauron, uh, and he has the Ring of Power um, at one point. So that's you know that's that's something. You know, that, I'm not sure how that fits into the timeline if it's actually canon in the whole Tolkien universe, or they're just kind of going with like, eh, you know, whatever. We'll just do what we want, which is usually the better way to do it. It's immersion breaking, but it, it allows you to kind of have some liberties that help write the story. But, you know, I'm not sure how it all fits in, um, but uh, it is it is pretty cool looking. Yeah, from what I understand, the first one kind of kind of took place, if, if not a little bit before or during um, the uh, the movies, uh, during the, the main um, uh, fuck, what was the movie? Fellowship. Uh, okay. I think so. Seeing how they how they tie in, how they tie this in, like you said, to the to the main uh, lore will definitely be be interesting. Yep, be pretty good stuff. Uh, so another one that's coming out is State of Decay, State of Decay Two. Uh, this is basically you know co op four person killing zombies, building survivor establishments that sort of thing you know do i really have to go into more it's it's that's what it is you know it's it's pretty standard fare um it's coming out in spring 2018 uh check out the trailer um you know there's so many zombie games now it's like eh, well take your pick of what you want but they're all they're all pretty similar so um you know i'm, I'm not gonna hop on this one it's it, it hasn't shown me anything yet that makes me go wow that's really different than all the other ones um but i will I'll keep an eye on it, you know, and, and see if there's something more interesting coming out of E3 with it. But, uh, you know, that, that trailer is out there as well. Did you play the first one? No, I didn't. God damn it. There's so many zombie games, dude. I know. Like, yeah, it's I know. so many. I know. There's another one I'm looking at uh, called, ah, uh, shit, Fortnite, which is coming out on, uh, I think, on all platforms. And it's kind of a, uh, if you've played Orcs Must Die, where it's like oh. you've got like traps you're setting up that sort of thing. It's like zombie survival. So you go around, you're okay. gathering resources, you build a base. Um, so it kind of has almost a seven days to die feel sort of deal, but the yeah, art style is more like uh, Plants vs. Zombies kind of art style. It's very cartoony, but big emphasis on traps. There's a uh, 
uh, class-based system, uh, you know, randomized loot kind of Borderlands style. So, I mean, that that's actually what I'm, what I'm more looking at. It's got a lot of elements I like. I'm a big tower defense fan, and Orcs Must Die is a freaking awesome game. I'd be playing it now if it supported more than two people. Um, at least in, like, Orcs Must Die 2, that was one I liked. But, uh, no, that, that's the zombie game I'm looking at right now. Um, might check it out. It's still early access. I think it's like 40 bucks for buy-in early access, which is what's holding me back because that's really pricey for early access. But, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that one. Uh, but, yeah. So other news coming out. Uh, Black Desert Online is coming to Xbox. Um, probably not going to get Zelda Switch over, uh, just my best guess. <laughs> no. uh, uh, not sure if you actually will have uh, Xbox Fish Suit exclusives or not, so you can boost your fishing. Um, but, you know, Black Desert Online I'm, is... I'm, yeah. I'm actually super curious how this is going to translate, because, like, I've never seen a game with more use for more buttons and button combos than I've ever seen in Black Desert. Like, when you hit the... Like, they have so many different keyboard commands to pull up menus and stuff... Uh, you give up and you just click escape where it has a big menu and there's literally 40 plus items on their menu, like their escape menu to open different other menus. There yeah. are so many combinate. There are like, you need a full 106 plus key keyboard to handle black desert. And I don't know what they're going to do to put this on an Xbox short of literally saying, plug in your keyboard. Let's go. Oh, they might. I mean, they very well might. I mean, it's, I mean, shit. There's there's some games like um, Final Fantasy XIV, for example. You can play with a mouse and keyboard on your console, and you probably should because it's it's absolute hell. I mean, they they admittedly they do a, they do as good of a job as I think they possibly could. But like Libby, for example, switched over from PS4 to PC when she got her PC and was like, "I've been living a lie." <laughs> like the hoops you have to jump through to pull this shit off on a console is like just second nature on a pc I'm, so I'm, i mean like the thing is is i would think though to release it on a console you have to at least arguably have a passable experience on yeah. you know the actual controls that the game, that the machine is designed to use so i'm really curious um i'm i'm really curious how how that's gonna go i hope someone tries it i you know it's not free to play though so um you know, someone would have to cough up. I, I you know, I, I know on a PC it was forty bucks. I assume it's going to be about the same. Yeah, yeah. Because the way things on Steam, how much is it on Steam? Ten dollars. Just looking at it today. What for Black Desert? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, make the pull. Oh wow. Yeah, make sure I'm right. Very nice. No, you're right. I just checked. Oh okay. Huh. Okay. Well, I, it's probably still going to be more on on Xbox. I imagine. They'll I mean, they sell it, they sell more price. bundles. You can you can get Black Desert for 10 bucks, you can get it with the Traveler's package for 30 or the Explorer's package for 50. So, you know. Does that come um, with the fish suit? Like the fish suit's very important. Got to boost yeah. my fishing. Yeah. Um I no, the fishing you have to buy that separately. That's uh, 30 bucks. There's no fish suit bundle. <laughs> it's, th uh, it's 30 I'm bucks out. for that fish suit. Oh my god. Wait, they're not the going to give that to you for free. It, just the one suit? Yeah. It's, it's, it's in-game benefit, though. It's yeah, you know, yeah, kind of kind of pay to fish better, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, they, they've got an interesting model with Black Desert. It's it wasn't the kind of thing that I was eager to hop on, but it is it is an interesting model. So, you know, I, I, I do like to hear about it from time to time. So is it like are there like multiple fish suits that buff your thing by varying numbers or is it just one fish buff suit? Is there like a saltwater suit and a freshwater suit, or is yeah, it just like there universal? Yeah, there you go. Fly so, fishing suit. That'd be pretty badass. You no, a little, little Japanese cat girl with a fly fishing suit. Oh shit! 
<laughs> That's so weird on so many levels. <laughs> okay, moving along. Uh, so Life is Strange. Life is Strange is a game, we, and we talked about it before uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, published by Square Enix. It's kind of a sort of Telltale style game. Uh, the concept being that it's it's not it's not a Telltale game, but it's kind of a story driven game like that. Um, the concept is the main character has the ability to reverse time at any point, so it's kind of this butterfly effect where you do something, so and so died, shit, rewind time, try it a different way, and you you make your way through the story. And it's it's gotten really good reviews. Um, it was released episodic, so you kind of work through all the episodes. Um, I think it's actually free on PS. Four for PlayStation Plus this month, so I might actually pick that one up so we can do a proper review on it. Um, but they are making a prequel, which is called Life is Strange Before the Storm. Um, you know, you can go check it out. It's it's you know it's difficult to really talk about it without giving story elements. So you know, if you are a fan of the series, uh, definitely worth to go checking out. Um, if you are considering to get into the series, uh, like I said, I believe it is free on PlayStation Four if you're a PS Plus user this month. So you can check it out there, and then you might be interested in picking up the prequel when it does come out. But, uh, you know, it is there to take a look at. What else do I have? Okay. Um, two more things that I've got. Uh, so uh, Jason actually mentioned this game uh, last week, and it's Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, and this is being produced by CD Projekt Red. Uh, and apparently someone got a hold of their some file from the game and literally tried to ransom it online saying, if you don't pay us, we are going to release this file from the game and it's going to be terrible. And CD project red basically came back and said, well, you can stick it up your weasel. Um, we're not giving you shit because that's like an old file and it doesn't even matter because it's not representative of, you know, the, what we're working on now. Like it's, it's, it doesn't mean anything. So go ahead, be our guest, release it. And they released a public statement saying like, Hey, you might see something that's, you know, technically official. Um, it's bullshit. You know, we didn't pay them, you know, they may not even have anything, but if they do, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be old. Uh, so don't worry about it. So, you know, if you do see some, see something come out for cyberpunk 2077, cause that is one we were kind of following. Uh, there is a good chance that it was leaked and it's not actually truly official. Um, so just keep that in mind, but I thought it was kind of interesting that they it's actually really, hold it hostage with info. It's been a new of. thing lately. Cause there was the, um, they tried to hold Netflix hostage for the like first, half of the uh orange is the new black season and netflix was like you know suck Lightly. it we're, you're, we're not gonna lose any subscribers over you leaking some episodes early and then the other one that was re- recent that was really funny is uh the first eight episodes of ski of uh, steve harvey's new show um uh the thunderdome or whatever uh leaked and nobody downloaded it <laughs> It was ransomed, and they're like, "There's nobody downloading this." Um, It's literally free, and no one wants it. Well, you know, and I I mean, presumably the the market of people that are uh, that are interested in that show, which surely there are, because you know they're making it. um, And the the people who would torrent stuff are two very different categories of people. Is all that it comes down to. Yeah, no, it was the, the response to this was was similar to those where it was just like, yeah, you can go after yourself. We don't care, and, you know. And the, <laughs> like, the interesting thing is, is that at, and maybe there are other ransoms that have happened and we just haven't heard about them because people paid. But I've not yet heard of any of, of this ransom strategy working as of yet. Yeah, I was you like, know, I was like the ransoming a game file like. 
Who gives a shit? It's only part of the game. Like, it could be a freaking, you know, texture pack as far as we know, and it wouldn't mean anything, you know? So, almost like, unless you've got, like, the whole product, you know? When I was reading it, it sounded like it was maybe, like, the, uh, like a game design doc or something like that, or, you know, something like that. Sure, but it's like, okay, I have the game design doc. I still can't play the game, so why do I care? Right. You know, it it doesn't have any value, really. They're just, the only people it has value to is the company and they're hoping the company's going to pay up to, yeah. to keep it silent. But it's like, I, I haven't heard anyone do, like this working on anyone because so far no one's tried to ransom something where the company's really looking at like a loss of income. If that's, if that's it happens my thing, is that and, they wouldn't lose yeah. the money over it. So it's like, who cares? You know, the whole thing still felt very childish. I was like, you know, like who's, who's going to pay for that? Like you're stupid. And and of course they, they said, no one's going to pay for that. So go screw yourself. What were they demanding? Just money. They're like, yeah, well, you can pay us for this. We have it. Um, they they couldn't confirm if it was an individual or if it was multiple people. But yeah, they were. Someone was was requesting a ransom for this file um, from CD Projekt Red for the game. I wanted to know how much. <laughs> right, like, like, can I have a free copy of the game? That's all. I'll take you know, just, <laughs> just something small. I'll be like, whatever. Um, I want all yeah. the Doritos and Mountain Dew that you can afford. CD Projekt Red. Oh my God. She's in a season pass. Um, yeah. yeah, so that, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, last thing that I have is that uh, if you're a fan of the Kingdom Hearts series, uh, there's a recent Kingdom Hearts Orchestra concert tour that's been going around, and the first showing they released a trailer, uh, another trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, about two minutes long. It's got a little bit of story stuff in it. Um, I'm sure you'll find some pretty good breakdown videos on YouTube if you want to check it out, but the trailer is decent. Um, a lot of the same kind of combat sort of stuff you were seeing in the previous trailers and that sort of thing, but it looks absolutely fantastic. Um, they've really taken the Kingdom Hearts art style and, and really maintain the art style but updated to look really clean and then really fantastic on a next-gen system um and at the end of the trailer it does tease that at the disney d23 expo on july 15th there will be a you know a more in-depth trailer about what's going on so you know look forward to that um obviously it's a month away a little, a little over a month away for for that one but uh you know kingdom hearts 3 has been kind of this you know it, it's namura and if you're familiar with with namura and the games he does he takes a while to get things done but when he gets it done it's really good um so he's taken his time with this one which is probably a good thing but uh no really clear indication on if we'll actually see you know any hard you know this is when it's coming out this is the status of the project that sort of thing um i, I think they actually said in a later press conference that the final fantasy 7 remake and kingdom hearts will be released within the next three years so it kind of gives you a, a, an idea of their mindset where it's like, yeah, don't worry about it. You'll get it in three years. So, you know, that's not saying it's three years away, but that's their, their current plan is that it's going to be, you know, within a few years. So don't expect like uh, a big, Hey, Kingdom Hearts three is coming out at the end of 2017. It's, it's not going to happen guys. Um, I'm, I'm guessing a couple more years at the, at the very least. So we'll have to see. Um, How long has this game been in development? Uh, Kingdom Hearts three, freaking forever. But it's because they released like side games along the way. Like, oh, that's right. This isn't the third game. This is like the eighteenth quintillions. Eighteenth quintillion Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah, no, I think it's shit. If you count like all the cell phone games and all the side stuff, it's like ten or something like that. Holy like, there's shit. there's a lot of content. And the thing is that most of it is actually canon. So you kinda have to play all of them to get the story, which means you're playing on multiple platforms. Like 
PS2, um, there was no version on PS3, amazingly. Uh, PlayStation Vita, uh, obviously PS4 is what Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be on, but they did some HD remakes of the older games on the PS4. It's all over the place. Cell phone games, DS games, um, Game Boy Advance games. Like this, this franchise has been around since PlayStation 2, like early PlayStation 2. So they're taking their sweet time to get all of it out, but you know, it's it'll get there, and I do hope it's good. But uh, yeah, new trailer looks fantastic, and hopefully something a little more in depth in a month. So look forward to that. So is there a Kingdom Hearts game on the PS3? Just there, there was not not an original one. They did like a they like re, they like re-released Kingdom Hearts one and two, um, which were both originally on PS2. They re-released an HD version on PS3, um, and then re-released again on PS4. Um, but yeah, there was no actual original PS3 Kingdom Hearts game. It went straight from two to PS2 to PS4. Wow. That's how long it took. They, they basically they made, they made the Vita game instead of the PS3 game, which was actually wow. really damn good. And you can get the HD version on, I think, I know you can get it on PS4. I'm not sure if you can get it on PS3. But yeah, the the, the uh, Birth by Sleep game was absolutely fantastic, one of the best. But uh, yeah, that they, they did the, the Vita instead of the PS3, which was like, one of the few reasons to own a Vita at the time, because, you know, it's a Vita. All right, guys, so that's all I've got. Was there anything I missed, Bate? I know you were you were the one that actually, and, and to be fair, guys, Bate wrote most of these notes up for the show, so this is all him, um, save for a couple things. So, you know, I, I do appreciate your help on that you one. You know, a lot of times a lot of times, I, I bear the weight, or Pokey bears the weight on this, so, you know, it's it's nice for once for, for you know, Bate to do do his job. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever put anything on the on the little topic list. I just bullshit on my ass and then say it on the show. That's what we all do, so, here, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, but yeah, um, we do have one more thing, uh, and that is uh, that's my game review. So, no, over right, the past right, yeah, uh, two weeks, I've had the lovely, lovely, lovely opportunity to sit down one on one with the greatest Assassin's Creed game ever published uh, Assassin's Creed 3 and uh, yeah so I got halfway through the game and I stopped playing it on Wednesday uh, the game is just so bad so here's why it's bad every character in that game is like they're not they're not developed okay they're not developed so you don't you don't feel for the character they're all dicks they're either all dicks or they're all like crybabies who think that they're entitled to everything, which is basically Connor. Right? So, and it t- it takes a long a long ass time to, to be able to play as Connor. So, for like the first six sequences, right, you sit there and you play as Hathen's father, right, and then finally sequence six, midway through sequence six, you get to play Connor. And how do you start playing this? By playing hide and go seek with a bunch of little Indian kids. But when you get back, your village is burnt, and then fast forward. Uh, you're a teenager and you're a douchebag and you complain about everything because your mommy died in the village. Um, and then, you know, two years later, you get your robes and you're a dick to Achilles because he's an old man and that's what you do to old people. Uh, and then, you know, you uh, you fight for the Revolutionary Army. Um, you kill some people on both sides of the conflict, by the way, which I thought was weird. Um, so you kill some British people, you kill some Americans. Um, Oh, and there's fucking aliens uh, when you get to the Desmond portions. Uh, so that's cool. Um, it's not. It's not cool. Um, so that's Assassin's Creed Three. Oh, and there's naval combat, which is the only good redeeming the, the part about part it. Of that game. Yeah, it, think- it really is. It's quite sad. 
I, I think for me, I was playing, and you get to the part where Connor turns to Achilles, and Achilles, Achilles is the guy who trains Connor to be an assassin, and he basically re- he basically takes him in like out of the rain because his entire village burned, everyone he knows is dead, right? So he shows up at Achilles' house. Achilles takes him in, and he's like, okay. I'm going to feed you, I'm going to raise you, I'm going to give you a home, and I'm going to teach you to be an assassin, okay? So he basically raises this kid who was going to die otherwise. And later on, Connor literally turns to Achilles and goes, you never gave me anything anyways. I was like, I'm done. I'm I'm fucking done with this. (laughs) Achilles even turns to him and goes like, okay, yeah, sure, okay, give me back the suit, give me back the training, give me back the fact that I raised you. I'm like... Achilles is me, right? He's the only one who realizes how much of a dick Connor is, and I'm like, fuck this game, I'm done. Like, I, yeah. like at that point, I'm like, the, the main character is so unredeemably horrible. I want because he doesn't improve at all. Even if you play beyond that point, he's still an asshole. I'm like, I, I don't, I, I want nothing to do with this. So that 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 scene is why I stopped playing the game because Connor was such an asshole about it. He really is, and you know, Pokey is talking about how Achilles took it. This is Achilles takes him in after you stand out in the rain. And you just, you annoy the fuck out of Achilles. You knock on his door and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm supposed to come here, train me, please. And he's like, no, go away. So you go and you sleep in his barn. Uh, you kill some people because it's Assassin's Creed and, you know, you're supposed to kill people every three seconds. And so you go back the next day and you're like, hey, I killed some people. Uh, train me, please. Let me knock on your door and, you know, enter your house through a window and everything. And it's like, it must be really fucking annoying for Achilles, dude. Yeah. No. And finally, of course. Fuck, fuck Connor. Fuck Connor. Poor Connor. <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> like he ruined the series for me. Like you come off you come off this high from like Assassin's Creed Revelations and you're like, oh my god, it can't get any better than this. And you're like, yeah, it's gonna get like <laughs> the opposite of better, like so worse that you're not gonna want to play this game anymore. Um yeah, that was just like ugh, so disappointing. Yeah, I hate that game. The best part about that game is the dialogue with Benjamin Franklin. I think I said something in Skype about this. So you, you go up to Benjamin Franklin. And just out of the blue, he, he starts talking about the benefits of loving an older woman in, like, detail. And you sit there and you watch, and you can't skip it, because <laughs> you fucked up and you made the mistake of talking to Benjamin motherfucking Franklin. And then at the end, he's like, you know, you, should, you really should go try it. Just dabble around in, 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 all kinds of, in all kinds of women. And you're like, and your character is awkwardly like, yeah, okay, I'll, um... I'll do that. You're sitting here like, this scene is fucking five minutes long. Like, no shit, dude. This is the best part of the game, though. And then they have combat. Well, yeah. I mean, we we knew that that Ben Franklin was actually pretty much like a total whore. (laughs) Oh, is that that a known fact? Oh, no, he, uh, he, dude, dude, he was was old, but he didn't didn't let that hold him back. He was like, yeah, man, let's just go do it. What the fuck? Yeah, no, he was was a total fame magnet. So anyways, that's a history lesson that Connor's an asshole and Benjamin Franklin got around. Um. Just, just so you all know. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're probably pretty good on that then. Uh, next week, I will uh, probably pick up Life is Strange, if, if I'm correct, that that's one of the free games this this week, this month for PS Plus. Um, I, I do want to do want to give that one a shot. That did look pretty good. So and we'll probably come back with that, that one next week. Uh, the week after that, I will be playing Watch underscore Dogs. And it won't be nearly as good as you thought it would be from the trailer. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then I think Killing Floor 2 is the other game that I've got. So that'll probably be the week following that one. So lots it's a of zombie stuff game, I, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, it did really I really well. Need to, I really need to finish Watch Dogs. I played like a, a good chunk of uh, 
of people uh, way through the first one and and i didn't even buy the second one yet because i'm like you know what i should really finish the first one first yeah there's too many games man that's the problem is that you try to do these the show here and it's like there's so See, many all, games all i'm like i feel like do. i can't play any of them i don't have time all, all you need to do is not have a life and and then not have a like not have a job um like find some like some really really wit- rich woman who will marry you and let you buy whatever you want and just stay home and play video games and then you can keep up. Oh is shit! That, dude, that's is a that your life idea. plan? Hey, there we go. Okay. That's that's the life plan. That's all you have to do. Or, or, or we can we can sell out the show and, and get sponsorship and then just quit our jobs and, and do this shit full time, right? This episode of Buy My Sponsor My uh, Maybach. Go buy the Maybach. <laughs> or it's or uh, so fucking good. For <laughs> <laughs> not audacity. Um, Audible. Audible, Audible, Audible sponsorship. Go, go listen to Slumdog Millionaire, guys. It's a great oh, book. If you, use the code, if you use the promo code Biomass, you get a free book. Use the promo code Up Your Weasel. Um, <laughs> okay, this is this is going south real quick. This is what happens when Jay's not here. Um, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much what we've got in terms of uh, game news. Like I said, next week is going to have E3. You know, it's coming out in a couple couple days. So, like I said, when this episode comes out. You'll probably be watching E3 as well, so we'll have tons of stuff to talk about next week. Um, unfortunately, we're long on time already, so I cannot get into uh, what I did want to discuss with Project Nova, but that's probably for the best because, like I said, it's going to probably be a pretty big discussion, so we'll have to delay this one again. I do apologize for that, but uh, you know, until some of this E3 buzz kind of calms down, we, we may have to kind of postpone that for a while. So I do apologize if that's what you're looking for. Um, with that being said, uh, I think we're good for a couple quick shout outs, right? So, uh, Zell, I know you've got one. Yeah. Take it away. I've, got, I've actually, I've got two. I picked up a second one while we were talking. Oh, um, so, uh, the, the first one I have to give is, uh, to, uh, Adam West, uh, who, uh, who did pass away, um, I, be- I believe this weekend. Um, and, uh, he was, uh, 88. And, uh, for those who don't know, for those who are too young, uh, Adam West is Batman. Um, there, there have been other people who have said they're Batman, uh, but Adam West is, is in fact Batman. Um, and, uh, you, you know, he, he was part of the, the, it was like a TV show in like the sixties, very, the, the very campy, the put bat before everything. Um, there was actually a movie, uh, with the Adam West Batman, which is, uh, uh fantastic. He's, he's running around with like this lit bomb that's like a, f- a foot and a half in diameter and he's he's running around over his head and um he he's is very very lighthearted take on batman and and uh I, I guess uh he liked to call himself the bright knight um and uh yeah so he's just a, a very great guy from all all uh testimony in in person as, as a as an actual guy out, outside of the off screen um and uh, you know, it's sad to lose him. He's still been active in a lot of stuff. Um, so yeah, to Batman. Is that your both your shout outs there? No, that's that's the first shout out. Okay, that was, that was to Batman. And then uh, the uh, the second shout out is and and there's been votes like this before. Um, but uh, I apparently I was I was waiting for news on this. Uh, Puerto Rico actually held a referendum today and voted ninety seven percent in favor of becoming a United States state. So, um, yeah, there, there was a vote back in 2012. They also voted in favor, but I guess there was some questions about how much of it was really representative of what people wanted and, and stuff. And so they, they, because of voter turnout and stuff like that. Uh, so they just held another referendum and 97% of the people who voted, voted, uh, in favor of statehood. 
So, you know, I, obviously it's a long-term process. It's not something that happens overnight, but, uh, you know, it's, we may we may have to rearrange our flag pretty soon. We'll see. Now, does that God have to be it. approved by the U.S. Congress before that happens, or is it just something that they had like they could do and they just decided to do? Um, it it does have to there. It does have to go through Congress, and and um, they have to approve. You know, they have to draft a new constitution for the state as you know as well. They have to get approval from Congress. It's quite a big deal. Um, but I guess Trump has said he's in favor of uh, statehood as well. So. Um, interesting yeah okay well that's that's I, I knew they were voting i didn't know they had actually passed it that overwhelmingly that's pretty crazy so that's interesting i'll have to keep an eye yeah, on that and, one and, and i guess the percentage has gone up every every time that they've held a vote on the question so hmm. all right then all right bait your shout out um shit shout out to e3 oh no i actually did yeah that reminded me so during e3 i um the one good thing about e3 i will say um is all the personalities that they get to bring in uh to to help show off some of these games and the i don't know if you guys have seen it but the award for most awkward e3 presenter goes to the kid from i think his youtube channel is pranks versus pranks he's a uh obviously a prank channel on youtube um and he, he's talking about the new need for speed game which is basically fast and furious the game and he's looking at the camera, and this poor kid has absolutely no fucking idea what's going on. And he's off teleprompter, and he gets the name of the guy that is with him from EA wrong. He confuses it with the kid oh. playing the game behind him, and he's like, I'm here with my homie Nick. He turns around, and Nick doesn't turn around because he thinks Nick is at the computer, but that's like Mike or some shit. Nick is the guy from EA with him. And then Nick from EA just takes over and this kid has like the most like I fucked up now look on his face. Oh, I'm I'm you you have to send me that link later so I can see yeah, it. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Okay. Shut um, yeah. So that's that's something else. Um but yeah, so for my shout out, uh, it's actually gonna go to uh, one of our listeners, Ripley Riley. Uh, he suggested for our next uh, game to play for Dungeon Crawl would be the game Prey, which recently came out. Uh, so you'll see it in a couple weeks here, but uh, we've got uh, a few more episodes of Resident Evil that are gonna come out. You know, we do it twice a week. And then I think uh, we got through three episodes of Prey uh, last night we recorded. So that's gonna be our next game. Um, it's available on our website. Uh, and that links directly to the YouTube where you can check it out. But in a few weeks, you will be able to see me die repeatedly to uh, apparently there's enemies called mimics, which turn into coffee mugs and murder the shit out of you when you get close, uh, which happens a lot. I, I've been I've been dying a lot in that game. So uh, shout out to Ripley for telling me to try the game and play on hard mode, which is a terrible mistake. I've dropped it down to me. That's a normal because it's it's awful. But uh, the game is fun. I'm just really bad at it. So. Look forward to that if you've been enjoying our Dungeon Crawl series. Uh, but with that, uh, like I said, lots of great news uh, coming out today. Uh, lots of great news coming out this coming week. I'm looking forward to doing E3, so stay tuned. We'll probably be doing a full commentary on it. Uh, and if there's anything we you know, we missed that you want us to talk about, do let us know. If you want to come on the show and talk about all the E3 stuff, let us know. We'll get you on. Um, it's much easier than you think, even if you don't think you're great for internet podcasting. Uh, think how terrible we are you'll be fine uh just let us know we'll get very, you on the show it's a very low bar to clear it's it's, it's like it's, like come on <laughs> if you're if your audio like if we can hear you when you speak mostly yeah. most of the time that's good enough like yeah 
if you come on here and it's like full robot, we're going to tell you to go take a hike. But all you need to do is get that sorted out. And as long as you're mostly audible most of the time, we'll take you. We, that's, that's, our, yeah. that's our bar. And I mean, in terms of personality between the three of us, if you combine us, it's about as much personality as a potato. So, you know, again, really low bar. Don't worry about it. Come on the show. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll like, love to have you as a guest. And have you, have you seen like the guests that we've had? We've had some, we've had some questionable guests. <laughs> we love them. But sometimes they're questionable. Uh, our, our hosts are questionable. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, you've you've got me hosting a show with my my nasally voice. I mean, come on. Um, but yeah, <laughs> don't be afraid to, to ping us. Um, all of our contact info is available on the website biomass.net or biomass.com. Uh, it's also going to be the best place to look if you want any updates on Project Nova, and you can also find all of our YouTube Dungeon Crawl series on there as well. So be sure to check it out. Uh, but that being said, guys, I, I do wish you have a safe weekend. Please enjoy E3. Uh, we'll be sure to talk about it uh, next week and uh, you know, look forward to it. So have a great night and good night.